Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello to you, the wonderful person listening, and welcome back, my love, to your favorite podcast, Growing and Glowing, with me, your host, Mrs. Ellie Swift. I am so honoured to have you here today. This podcast is our safe space to delve into all things life learnings there may be, from spirituality, motherhood, grief, friendship, the list goes on. I am here to provide you with a friend through what can be the very up and down journey that is growing and of course glowing into the best version of who you truly are. twos everywhere by the way should we do a quick google of what that means two two twos two 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 angel number meaning let's have a look the time has come for you to be more self-reflective focused on the duality of situations huh that's gonna need a little bit more googling from me because i don't quite get that comes from heaven to provide hope and spiritual growth significant and positive sign from the spiritual realm carrying a powerful message of hope balance and harmony love it babe well i'm gonna need to keep on googling that because i need to find something that it relates to in my life do you know what i mean like i can read my horoscope all day long babe but i'm looking out for the highlight parts that are like oh my god that relates anyway what an episode gang what an episode I have for you today. I feel like you need your tea and biscuits, babe, because today we have a guest. Can we get a round of applause for that? I feel like that's a pretty exciting thing, you know, just to throw in there. We've literally got a guest and it's not Connor and it's not one of my sisters and it's not a family member. It's a proper guest and it is somebody I have been so, so inspired by for the longest time. Today we have Taylor Blue on the podcast, everybody, who I'm sure many of you, many of you will know and adore with over 200,000 Instagram followers, or actually, should I say members of the GG? 
aka Girl Gang, Taylor's community, Taylor has one of those beautiful energies that is rare to come across with people. Um, that she just makes you feel like you're her BFF from the get-go. She's one of those people that you feel like you've known for a really long time and I feel like after today's episode, you're all going to feel like you've just had the biggest DMC with like someone you've known for 10 years. That's how it felt for me. She is truly inspiring and sharing the ups and downs of her life, including her recent journey through IVF to get her beautiful angel daughter. Today we chat about all things motherhood, including pregnancy and postpartum pressures, dealing with judgment, confidence or the lack of it, the boundaries learned through sharing a life online, and of course, a little star sign chat because she is a spiritual girly like yours truly. But don't judge my interviewing skills, okay? Because I... Guys, you know me, I get so swept off of my feet with stuff like this. Like, I am here for a chin wag. I cannot be one of those people. God help me if I ever get... it. Listen, if I ever come to you guys and I'm like, oh my God, guys, I've been offered a presenting job. Can you just be like, no. Ellie, that's not your calling, babe. I try, I try to interview and I end up being a fellow guest. I'm like, I can't help but just chat and chat and chat. But this was such a beautiful conversation with Taylor. She is just... One of those girls is so relatable. She wears her heart on her sleeve. She's just wonderful, wonderful. And I know that you guys are going to love her. So I'm going to stop chewing your air off and listen. I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's start off our day with a bit of positivity, a bit of Taylor and a bit of love. I love you guys. Welcome back to the podcast gang. Enjoy the episode. Should we start? Yeah, yeah should we yeah, start? Let's dive in. <laughs> yeah okay taylor thank you so much for coming on growing and glowing i am honored to be your first guest yeah no can i actually say something to you i am honored that you have come on i feel so lucky to have you on here because i have just been the biggest member of the gg for (laughs) i i would say it started when you found out you were pregnant Mm -hmm. i just seems that seems like forever ago yeah how long ago is that what like 11 months i know it goes no, so quickly about doesn't 12 it? months but i've just been the biggest member of the gg ever since that day oh i love and that. i've actually got so many friends that are as well like so many of my friends simply adore you and your content and oh, i that is so nice do you know like with with being online and like doing what we do and you see someone and you're just like i know i'd be best friends with them like i just <laughs> so weird that you say that because do you know what I've just figured as well is and I just said this to you off the podcast um that the first video I ever saw of yours was when you found out you were pregnant and yeah. you same as me yeah so yeah. it's like the same situation when I watched when I first watched your video I was like I can just tell we have so many similarities yeah even just the way your relationship is as well yeah and with mine with Jack oh I'm totally and I was thinking earlier, um, when I was thinking about the podcast and I was getting ready, um, I feel like we've came to be on this podcast today because our frequencies are on the same vibe. Totally you know agree, I mean? babe. Oh my God. You're like, such a, we've you're like attra- tra- yeah. we've, we've attracted this very moment because we're on that same frequency. Like we're on, we've. Do you know what I mean? We're like merged together. Totally. No, I'm just so honoured to have you on. Honestly, thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart. I'm so happy to have you here. So we like to kick off every Growing and Glowing episode with an affirmation of the day. 
Now, I would love if you had an affirmation for everybody listening right now. I would say um, today I'm going to be kind to myself, compassionate and give myself grace and love. Because for me, I think I, in the past few weeks, I feel like I have been a little bit unkind to myself just in terms of like body image and those kind of things which I actually didn't expect because I was very very confident in it's actually the most confident I've ever been when I was pregnant I don't know whether you have you felt that as well but like literally I've always been you know a girl with a bit of extra love and especially around the stomach so as soon as the bump came I've never worn tight stuff enough and I literally loved it and literally loved my body. Exactly the same. And even the first, yeah. And even the first week, uh, first few weeks after uh, giving birth, I had this like whole new appreciation for my body, which, you know, some people do, some people don't. But I was like, I actually really love this stomach because it gave me my baby, which I know that can sound really crazy to some people because some people feel the opposite. Um, and so I was quite relieved that I felt like that. But then the past couple of weeks, I've actually started to notice that I'm starting to be a bit unkind to myself because that kind of almost the novelty is worn off. Yeah, falling falling back into old habits. Habits almost, yeah. And like just old ways of thinking. And also I feel like for me anyway, because you always have to talk like about your own journey but like the more weeks on from your birth the more you expect from your body to like go back to normal and all of those kind of things well normal is not normal anymore um well it is normal but it's not your old body um and yeah I just feel like I need to give myself more grace I totally can resonate with that I mean for anybody listening that doesn't know Taylor and Taylor's story Taylor is in a very similar situation to me at the moment where we are postpartum I think gorgeous little story girl is is she two months old now yes nine she was nine weeks is it Friday today bless her nine weeks yesterday and don't you think it's just crazy like Romeo is six weeks today and I like with Saint now I'm like oh my god I think back to when he was six weeks old I was like that was that was basically day one like I don't know who I think I was even taking myself to Sainsbury's on when he was six weeks old like you in hindsight it's always like there's such early fresh days still but when you're actually in the thick of it in the moment of it you expect so much from yourself like you said from your body and yeah from your life in general like you just expect yeah. and almost have like a craving to just put your old hat on of just jumping straight back into the life not necessarily the life you had before because obviously you've been so excited to Mm -hmm. welcome in this gorgeous new baby and you know what you're you know what you're in for it's motherhood you're having a baby but it's almost like this strange hold that your old identity has on you over being Taylor and the life that Taylor used to have and even things like the the work limits that you set yourself or the way your relationship used to be it's like yeah but when is it going to get back to that it's been nine weeks now when are we going to start doing this again I think you can find the beauty in postpartum and in new motherhood especially when it's your first time when you just embrace the fact that it's just a whole new life and there's so much beauty in that yeah definitely and one of the things that I was because I have really struggled with um anxiety in the past and like losing myself with that one of the things I really worried about and this is like something that I'd heard quite a lot is that you know 
when you have your first child a lot of people really lose themselves and their their identity is being a mom and you know I that's actually was one of my biggest fears I'd mm. say for me that was a, a much more of a bigger fear than actually giving birth because I know what you know losing myself felt like and so I I, I wouldn't say I felt the pressure but I was very because it's something I wanted to do for myself but I um kind of not for, force myself back into it but I was very conscious to like go and do the things even like in week one and week two that would make me feel like me again like getting into my bathroom doing a haul sharing skincare doing all of these kind of things which you know I'm glad that I did that um but yeah that was something that I was really really conscious of and I would say in the past few weeks I've kind of start to slow down and realize that I don't need to do that so much but it was like almost like a bit of a mm -hmm. you know like a, a fear mm -hmm. that I was going to kind of really lose myself to being um a mom and I think there's also this is something I actually wanted to say to you like how do you balance your like work and stuff with with being a mom because it's it's a hard one and I've already experienced already in like only in nine weeks quite a lot of mum guilt oh don't even get me started about the mum guilt even right now I mean, right. I already said this to you before we even started recording, but right now, Connor is downstairs with Romeo and I, I like, I'm exclusively breastfeeding. So he, he's never even left my side for 10 minutes. Like when, whereas wow. at this point with Sane, I was breastfeeding. I, I wasn't breastfeeding Sane, I was bottle feeding Sane. So at this point, six weeks postpartum, I could quite happily go off and get my nails done for an hour or two hours. I could say to Connor, look, can you just do all of the night feeds tonight? Like, I just really need a good night's sleep. And I am quite, I don't know how you found it, especially with it being your first child, but it doesn't come easily to me to just like go off and do my own thing right now at this stage in postpartum like I'm just I, I'm just in mum brain in mum identity all the time yeah so when I think about like working and doing something I think I just have to really as it comes back to your affirmation of the day be kind to myself and I think a massive thing that helped me that I didn't really figure out until Saint was at least one year old after his first birthday was just that I'm just never going to be the same in my work capacity than someone without kids. Like, I'm just not. Right. Like, all my time and all my energy and all my effort used to go on. Everything I would do work-wise, whether it was filming a YouTube video, my schedule for the week, editing, even thinking about podcasts. Like, I was, like, still chasing that former identity that I had of myself, of, like, being able to do all of those same things on my to-do list. But then also yeah. being, like, I miss Saint so much right now. And it just... It just took me to a point where I was giving like 50% to motherhood, 50% to work. And I thought neither parts of me right now are getting 100%. And what's more important, obviously, it was saying. I feel like you're at, you're, uh, you're ahead of me on this mm. because I feel like I'm in that zone right now where I'm like trying to like figure it out. I am still thinking I can still be my past identity and, and be a mum as well. And it's so strange because... You know, I'll say to Jack, right, I need to go upstairs and get ready for this podcast. You know, can you have story? I mean, me and Jack are both lucky because we both work from home. So, you know, we can 50-50 it. But even, I do feel like there's more pressure on on the mum though. Like just, I don't know whether that's like a maternal thing or, or it is, well, it's a maternal thing. And I think it's a society thing as well. But even when I'm like, and even though I know that Jack's so prepared to like, 
give as much as I do. I'm upstairs and I'm like texting him whilst I'm in the, in the bathroom, like, is everything okay down there? Or if I can hear her crying, I'm like leaning over the banister and I'm like, everything okay down there? He's like, yeah, she's just, you know. And I'm like, why can I not even take this like hour or a couple of hours just I'm only upstairs consciously out and not feel guilty about it but I do like I have this like and it, I tell you what I used to get it with my dogs I've got three chihuahuas and I've always treated them like my children yeah and um I had it when I used to like go out and leave them for the day I'd be like mommy's coming home soon okay <laughs> someone said to me you will give your dogs a little bit less time and they will have a little bit less attention and I was one of them people no absolutely not but it, it actually it's it's happened do you know what I mean and I'm so and I get dog mom guilt now yeah. as well you know where I'm like have I given I get into bed and I'm like haven't I give boo and kiki and buddy enough attention today as well as story as well as trying to be a wife as well as trying to keep on the house like as well as trying to do my work like there's actually so many and you know, I think as well and uh, I'm not saying this because there's a massive difference here but I think does Jack go to bed worrying about these things like I feel like it's pressures on women like so much we're trying to be so many different things this was my entire therapy session this week I literally said in my therapy session I am confused not that I'm like angry or like irritated with Connor whatsoever when it comes to this but I I said to my therapist I'm genuinely confused how is it possible that Connor can go to the gym for two hours and happily go? Feel no guilt. <laughs> He's just there, working out, doing his thing, having a great time doing it. Doesn't text me once saying, is Romeo okay? And then I like, yeah. can't even go up the stairs for 10 minutes. How you said having a shower without being like, oh my God, like, is Romeo okay? You know, like saying yeah. all in one piece. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's so hard. And I saw someone's TikTok the other day that explained it perfectly it was like when you have a baby and it's I think a lot of it really is only in the in this initial newborn stage because it does get a lot easier it's literally speaking from experience with saying I know it gets easier but yeah when when they get older you almost just like forget how intense the newborn stage and I would say like really the first kind of four to six months of having a baby are you forget your brain almost like romanticizes just how peaceful and gentle and gorgeous it was which of course it is all of those things and more but, but you forget that. But you forget some of the bad and the harder bits. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, you 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 forget the anxiety. You forget the feeling like nobody else can do it like you can for the baby. You you forget all of that, um, and it's almost like you can't do anything but be this gorgeous baby's mum, which you've wanted to be your whole life, right? When the baby's awake, you like all you want to do is just be there for them and you like would put anything on on your own life in the back burner for a moment because they come first of course and it's like okay I'll do I'll do this when the baby's asleep I'll get ready when he's napping I'll do the laundry when he's finally asleep tonight but then you finally get them to sleep and then it feels like it's a an alarm clock that is going to go off in maybe three seconds time or three hours time and you have no idea when it's going to go off so then you're in like another constant state of anxiety and panic because you're like if I don't get the 20 hundred things I've put on my to-do list today while they nap done I'm then gonna feel so unfulfilled and so like rubbish about myself when they do wake up and then I'm gonna probably feel really irritated and a bit overstimulated because in the back of my mind there's all of this stuff that still needed to happen so then you're doing things like shoveling in your food really quickly and like what, doing everything. One, oh. Yeah, doing everything half-heartedly. If you catch yourself scrolling on your phone for more than five minutes, you're like, 
idiot what am I doing right now like <laughs> it's yeah. just I so feel loud. like overstimulated and overwhelmed is me personified right now <laughs> we and are the definition I spoke about this on my <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I spoke about this on my Instagram actually because I am the messiest person in the world right and so is Jack we're so mm. messy like we'll just leave things I'll we'll deal with that later but also I am so environmentally triggered where like if mess is around me I cannot function and I've I'm diagnosing myself here but I've got friends with ADHD and mm. I've got a lot of the Gigi who've got ADHD. Mm. And I believe, uh, again, undiagnosed, that I have a lot of obsessive compulsiveness, but ma- but matched with ADHD. Mm. So like, I'll make such a mess. And then <laughs> I will be literally like, I cannot, I cannot survive a mess, but I'm the messiest person. And that for me as well is one of those things that like, while trying to be a mum, trying to give myself to the dogs, trying to give myself to Jack, trying to do my work at the same time. I'm like, I like that is so high on my priority list when Story is asleep to keep the house tidy. But then I'm the messiest person. I'm like, I'm winding myself up here because why do I do it? And then I'm so stressed about it. I'm like, I literally can't function in it. This is a, a prime example of how I knew we'd be literally best friends because I'm exactly the same. I stood in the middle of my kitchen about three or four days ago and just burst into tears. I'm not even exaggerating. I yeah. started crying. Yeah. Connor was like, what's wrong? I was like... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I just can't catch a break, Con. No. The dishwasher just always needs to be unloaded. The floor always needs to be fucking hoovered. Like, just can I just catch a break with a tidy house? I literally said to Connor, it's not in your first thoughts when you come down in the morning. Oh, the dishwasher's like been on all night i need to go and um, empty that <laughs> straight away simultaneous lives i swear like Honestly. listen there's there's really no point me even getting mad about it anymore because you know i've been married to the guy for however long it ain't you changing honey it's not changing babe as the sooner you accept it's not in their first thoughts when they sat down those stairs in the morning that the plates need to be taken out and put away the sooner you will return to happiness because that you just have to accept people who feel they are and a husband's ain't it, babe, right? Well, do you know what? This is the funniest thing. So yesterday I text Jack saying, I was in the bath, I said, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, me too. And I was like, why can't you just acknowledge my feelings instead of always being like, yeah, same. Like there was no like, babe, what's, what's wrong? Like, let's talk through it. Why are you feeling overwhelmed? Oh. It just <laughs> literally the reply was, yeah, me too. And I was like... 
Oh my god! And do you know what the funny thing? The funny thing was is that he obviously had an epiphany after me saying, "Look, you never acknowledge my feelings. Like, why is it me too?" And he's like, "Am I not allowed to feel that way too?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, you are." But you know, when they always say, don't they? Like, two people shouldn't have a. I mean, obviously this is not true, but like they always say, like if someone in the household is having a bad day, you've got to be having a good day to help them have yes. their bad day. Well, it's energy balance, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like, I need you to help me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so he obviously had an epiphany and he decided that um, because obviously now we've got the dogs and the baby, we have to make sure the dogs are walked very early. So Jack, yeah. bless him, decided to book, um, there's like an, this thing like an enclosure where the dogs can just go and, and run off basically. <laughs> and it's all enclosed, like maybe five, 10 minutes up the road. And I think the, well, he obviously thought, do you know what? Taylor's feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to book this at 5 a.m. I'm going to walk the dogs. I'm going to come back with a coffee. I'm going to blitz the kitchen, make sure it's all perfection. Oh, and so him. I woke up woke up really nicely. Like it's, I'm like, I texted him and I said, hello. And he's like, Starbucks to the left. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Went oh. downstairs, everything's clean. And he's like, right, so this is what I'm going to do from now on. I'm going to wake up really early. I'm going to make sure that everything is literally spotless for you to come down to. Well, anyway, cut a long story short, that only lasted one day because <laughs> this morning I came down, it was all, it was all there. And I was like, what happened to the, he was like, I know, I know, but I went to bed later and I was scrolling on my phone till shot. <laughs> I was like, right. Okay then. So that lasted one day, but it was a really lovely day though. So. Oh, best day ever. <laughs> oh, bless him. It's yeah. the thought that counts. Well done, Jack. I Do know. You know I that just thought really my mum, my mum was there when he was saying what he was going to be doing every day. And she came up to me and she's like, how long do you think this thing's going to last for Jack? And I was like, well, I just really hope it does because, you know, it was great. And yeah, it lasted one day. So That is so <laughs> sweet. So, you know, we were just talking about work as well and like the hold kind of work yeah. has over you. Do you feel like that's because you're in the industry you're in and it's almost like a, you feel like you have to stay relevant? Yes, absolutely. I was thinking about this earlier. And also I feel like with this kind of industry, because it's not stable, if you like it's yeah. not like a, a stable not that every job is stable anyway but you know you have more stability in a nine to five I feel like you have to take the opportunities while they're there I mean you don't have to but I feel like there's a pressure do you know what I mean oh my you know, god there's an opportunity you come your way it's like well you know I don't have nine months off to think about it really yeah it's, it's a tricky one really because there's obviously pros and cons to both because um working from home you get to be with your baby every day but then it's like if you have that like nine months completely off where you can switch off and you don't have to think about work I guess that's a positive as well yeah. so it's kind of it's kind of pick your hard really isn't it yeah but yeah there is definitely that that pressure and stuff other than work <clears throat> what else do you feel like you has changed in life since you've become a mum like how how is motherhood for you is it how you expected it to be what's what's gone on I don't know whether well this is different for every mum but I personally felt there was like also a, a couple of other pressures that I felt one of the pressures was this whole um you're gonna have this really overwhelmingly love when you first meet a child but due to my like I had a, a three-day slow labor and then I had a forcep delivery um which ended up in me having an episotomy so they cut you down the vagina basically to give you more leeway for the baby coming out and then you're sewn back up but my um they left three tears unaccounted for so I had to basically go I went into recovery basically this is we need to put a trigger warning on this 
by the way. And if you don't like talking about, well, if you don't want to hear about maybe traumatic pregnancies and, and bleeding and that, maybe it's time to pause the podcast for now. Um, but I then went to the recovery room. I lost 1,250 milliliters of blood. So that's like nearly three pints. So if you imagine a pint of milk, nearly three pints of milk. Um, all in all so basically um, I had to go and then have my stitches unstitched and stitched back up Um, and that was actually a fault of the doctor (laughs) I always like to turn everything into a joke which some people find a little bit might find a little bit sick but it's just my way of dealing with things but we the mat the surgeon who did my episotomy it was he was like clocking off so me and jack and me and my sister's always you know he had like three minutes on the clock he just quickly <laughs> stitched up was like i'm off i gotta get home um but yeah it was the fault of the doc they're actually investigating it the hospital are at the moment um to see what kind of went wrong these things do happen you know um but yeah because of that delivery and because you know i was having I actually planned for a home birth so I had like my pool set up and everything I had the fairy lights I had um you know my neon distress candle I had a home playlist and then I ended up having the complete opposite birth and I think that in itself and not being not having slept for three basically three days and then having a complete opposite birth when story came out one I couldn't even hold her because they put her on put um her on my chest and because I'd had all the like free I think it's like free spray that they put on you so you can't feel anything um I couldn't hold her because my arms were like dead so I just basically passed her to Jack and in one of my you know in my birth my typical birth plan which was going to be my home birth one of my things was I really want that skin on skin contact when she comes out Uh, but that wasn't even something that I thought I just thought oh my god I can't even hold her I need to basically pass it to Jack so I just passed it to Jack and I don't know what they do say those kind of things can make a difference but I don't feel like they're like the whole they can be the whole difference but um I mean I'll never know but I feel like for me and obviously if you do follow my journey on Instagram this was an I you know story was an IVF baby we'd had IVF treatment before that failed which was IUI and then this was our first IVF attempt which was successful which we were super grateful for so this was not that and well obviously there are unwanted babies but this was a very you know wanted very planned that's the best way to say it this was very much a planned um pregnancy and so I assumed from everybody saying you know you're gonna have this super a, you know overwhelming amount of love when you first see them or when they're first put on your chest that's what everybody had said to me and I didn't even really get to feel that so for me I feel like the journey of love with story, even though I had that maternal like instinct and and love for her, I feel like it's massively like grown. And me and Jackie, we went through a stage, I think maybe we only really said it like at like week six or week five, that we both felt, we both didn't feel that really overwhelmingly amount of love to begin with because everything for us was a bit traumatic after the birth um but also as well as that I don't know whether I know there's other people that feel like this but with the newborn and being a first-time mum everything felt like systematic yeah like okay she's crying so we need to do this we're either like winding or we're feeding or we're changing a nappy and it's like like just basically in what's the word like automation no time to feel like ah 
that's what we that's what we experienced and I think we both really thought that we were gonna feel this like oh my god like it's the best thing ever but we didn't actually feel like that we feel like that more and more now but like the first few I'd say first at least five or six weeks were very systematic for us we're very like you know I'm in recovery um I even got an infection after my um with my with my stitches and stuff so I feel like Jack was just very much in like a you okay mode you know anytime I'd shout or I'd be like playing with story he'd be like what what and he'd like run up the stairs thinking that I was like bleeding again or something so it was just and this is again something that we we have already discussed on our, our podcast but it's like I don't think people I think people can underestimate how traumatic it can be for the man because they're watching somebody that they you know, really love, um, go through so much and they can feel very helpless and like they don't know what to do because there's really not a lot they can do with it than obviously support you. Yeah. But, you know, you're going through all of this and there. And Jackie even said, you know, well, I was worried actually because I kept saying things to him like in the first like five weeks, even though I was feeling it a bit myself, but I didn't want to admit it like that I wasn't feeling this overwhelming amount of love it was just more like maternal and maternal instinct and automation I was actually kept saying things to Jack like do you love her do you love her like in a panic because I could feel that I how I imagined he would be with her he wasn't yeah for those first five or six weeks I thought god Jack is the most like loving kind person ever and he does everything for me and he's just he, that's just how he is he's like such a nurturer and with story I could see him just being very systematic with her and I couldn't see the like love and yeah. the bond so I kept saying things like do you love her do you love her all the time and he was like stop saying that of course I do of course I do but it was because I was panicked thinking he doesn't love her and I was thinking also like have I because of my, because of the way this has been for me and because of my birth and everything, is he feeling like, oh, this little person has done this to my person? Oh, babes. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. that, but you do have all of these thoughts and as well as the intrusive thoughts and things that you have as well when you've just had a baby, you're just, you, your mind is just literally everywhere. And you, I'm thinking like, I'm trying to recover. Yeah. I'm thinking, do I love her enough? Like yeah. I'd just be, I remember just standing in the bathroom thinking, do I love her as much as other people love their baby? Yeah. Should I love her more than this? And it's like, even now, like if she's on her play mat, I'm thinking, should I be lying there on her play mat with her, like right next to her speaking to her? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't know whether it's still all the hormones and everything that just are like everywhere, but you do, it's bizarre. Like, like I said, when I was getting, um, well, story was in my room for a little bit because Jack had to get some batteries for the mic when I was getting ready. And I was thinking, should I be on that play mat, like speaking to her? Or <laughs> is it okay to just leave her on the play mat? Like, is she going to remember that? It's just such a drain. Like, it's honestly so bizarre being a mum. It is. And it's like you need a person. When you have when you have a baby, it's like you need a person to come and mother you. You're just kind of like left to, here you go. Here, here it is. And you're like, <laughs> I, do you know what I mean? I saw a quote when I was really heavily pregnant with Romeo that was like, mother the mother because the mother mothers the baby it was like don't yeah. don't worry about the baby because the mum mothers the baby mother the mother and it was like yeah. the truest thing ever but i think that speaks 
real volumes for the unity and the relationship that you and Jack have that you both mm-hmm. openly went to one another and said like are you feeling that overwhelming love right now because I don't know if it's quite come to me just yeah. yet and I think that's such a scary thought to be left with alone in your mind as a first time parent and you're sat yeah. there thinking I don't know if I have that overwhelming love yet and if he doesn't oh my god then like are we screwed like are we doing the baby a disservice like I think that just shows such strength between the two of you and it's so funny actually as you were saying all of that it reminded me that I remember saying to Connor when Saint was first born do you love him like can you actually describe to me like how you feel towards him because yeah I just want to check that we're on the same level here and can you just be really open about your emotions towards him like I think that is something that nobody really talks about but I think it happens yeah. in almost every and we didn't set. even want to say that to, en- to each oh other oh my god we're like we're so we're such a we have such a close relationship and we can as soon as I feel a certain way I will say it yeah but with this I felt like oh should I wrong here. Like, yeah I don't like it took five or six weeks and I remember we were lying in bed and I was I remember we'd had a really good day with story and I was like oh I just feel like I, I love her more and more every day like I just yeah (laughs) and and Jack was like yeah I feel like I feel like I really I can't remember exactly what he said but it basically insinuated that he was starting to really love her and I was like and that's when we had the conversation and I was like do you yeah did you feel that like overwhelming like love feeling for like the first few weeks and he was like no but I feel like I'm starting to feel it now and then I was like oh my god me me neither and he would never have known because you know all the cooing was there and I'm like yeah doing all of the maternal things but in my head I'm thinking yeah I don't know whether I love her enough yeah and it's just bizarre what you're actually what you go through as a yeah having a baby and even not having a baby (laughs) Jack didn't have the baby and he felt it. It's almost just like the spiritual bond side to it, isn't it? Like you're doing everything correct on paper and it's the maternal instinct, as you say, that kicks in straight yeah. away. And you know, you you already know you'd take a bullet for them, but it's like the yeah. feeling like you know them, like you know them yeah. and what they want. And yeah, like, yeah, that can take a while to come in and speaking from experience now having seen Connor with two babies the difference in how he is with Romeo as a newborn is like don't get me wrong just as I'm sure Jack is with Story wonderful fantastic dad Connor was with Saint but with Romeo it's almost like because he's seen the tiny baby that Saint was now grow up into this gorgeous toddler with a buzzing personality and like it's almost like you've had the experience of them becoming someone. So, you know, this sounds like yeah. such a silly you know thing to say. Jet. I know what you're trying to say. And it's almost like they want to really savor it now yeah. because yeah. they know what's what's coming. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it's probably, it's probably harder to be super present when you, when you kind of don't already know how quickly it goes. Totally. Whereas, when you do, then you can be like, this is going to go really quick. And soon they're going to be, you know, he's probably thinking soon he's going to be as big as Saint. And I really need yeah. to, you know. Yeah. It's just things like Connor will be making, like Connor will make jokes to Romeo as if Romeo's going to like laugh straight back and give him a really funny answer back. Did he ever do that with Saint? No. It was like, 
um okay so do you need to be winded or like oh I think he's hungry yeah. should I give him it's a bottle it's a learning yeah 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 it's so like it's so it's like basically go when the, the first minute you come back with your child to your house it's like you've basically gone to school you're going to school yeah because oh you've God. got no idea like literally no idea like I was really struggling to win story for a couple of weeks I didn't want to be like hard on her back I wasn't getting a burp out I'd be like passing it to my mum or passing it to Jack like can you help me win it like it's just so many different things that you have to think about like so many different things and then adding it on to like all of the rest of the things that you have to think about in just general life it's like it's such a lot and when people said to me like you know you it's it's the best thing ever but it's the hardest thing ever I just thought you know how hard can it be really it's a baby do you know what I mean like I I got that obviously it wasn't going to be like super easy but I did definitely I think everybody underestimates it I think actually think the the hardest part about it isn't the like what you have to do it's the emotions and how you feel and like keeping yourself together I think that's that's why I said like you, the mother needs mothering like you need someone to come into the house and look after you whilst you look after the baby completely completely and something that I I feel like so much more confident for any first time mums out there that are listening right now please know I can vouch for those people that say your confidence grows as the children get older and as you have more children like the postpartum newborn experience this time for me being my second I'm such a different mum and have you ever seen that quote that goes around online sometimes that is like to my firstborn I wish I could have been the mum that I am to like my third child to you it's it's like this no but I can so imagine that it's like this emotional quote that set that basically like wishes for the firstborn like I wish I hadn't had all the knowledge that I had for our third or second baby that I did for you like I wish I could have given that all to you and it's so true because it just come it feels like it comes so much yeah. more naturally when it's your first it's like you're thrown it's honestly it's like you've, you're thrown on a Broadway stage with a massive audience and the curtain just goes up and you're like expected to perform and you're just expected to just love doing it and know every line and sing every song perfectly and even though some people can do that yeah my second it's come so much more naturally and that's the hope out there for every first time parent and I just want to say to you because I think you're an amazing mum anyway I think Jack's an amazing dad I think you've done such a fantastic job in the short time that you've been a parent and I know obviously your journey leading up to it which I want to talk about in a sec but from where you're standing I know if you choose to have another baby it will feel natural within you straight away I feel like yeah just like those little things like I said like the winding the feeding even changing a nappy you know I've done it for my nieces but when it comes to like you're doing it for your own child it's like you just forget everything everything starts from scratch so I can totally understand that and I feel like you can be a lot more present relaxed into it like I can already feel that that would be the case because I know what it's like when I got my second dog yeah <laughs> it's like oh, I know how this goes now I know how yes. often you have to let them out I know do you know what I mean? it's all of those like little yeah. things um but no I can I can totally appreciate that and you just said to me there that um I'm a great mum which is so nice of you but also do you feel like you don't hear that enough yeah gotcha I actually said this to my younger sister the other day I was like 
oh, I had a little cry um, the other night because I don't know whether I'm, you know, you go to bed sometimes and you must feel this as well sometimes. Like, I don't know whether I've done enough today. Like, you know, you just do feel like that and you question yourself, like, am I a good mum? Like, I just yeah. sometimes do question myself on those kind of things. And it's like, then you just try and think, hmm, has anybody said that I'm a good mum? And then I'm like overthinking thing. My mum's never said that I'm, I know she thinks it. Yeah. But it's like, if you know somebody who's a mum, go and tell them. Go and tell them. You see them or text them that they're a great mum. Because it actually just, that's not self-validation. That's like someone else validating you. But sometimes you do need that outside validation. And it's like, if someone just said to me, oh, you're a great mum. I'd be like, oh, that, well, I could probably burst into tears if somebody said that to me because you do need that. When you're doing so much for a, a little thing every single day, it's like you just need someone to actually pat you on the back and go, you're, you're a really great mum. You know Couldn't I mean? agree more. Couldn't my sister agree was more. like, you've only been a mum for like nine weeks. <laughs> well, she actually said five. I was like, well, it's actually been eight. Um, <laughs> but I was like, you do, like, I'm still a mum. Like, I want to yeah. be told. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I I literally couldn't agree more I remember my sister wrote it in like a letter that or like a card that she gave to me for our wedding day it, it was just it was like one of like a few sentences but it was like and you're it was something like we all know how much of a wonderful mum you are to saint and even like just that line on its own sent me into tears the fact you've even remembered yeah the yeah fact that you've remembered it can I remember yeah. anything else in that card no other than like have a great wedding no. or like happy wedding day but it was that one line yeah. I totally agree with you we should all go but do you know what I think it is I think it's that unfortunately because of how chaotic motherhood can feel sometimes and how overstimulated everybody is when when they're in motherhood it has a potential to really build up a lot of bitterness resentment unhappiness if you let all of those emotions get on top of you and I know that having been online for so many years now I remember actually being pretty petrified about stepping into the motherhood uh, Mm -hmm. section of being online because I know how how catty almost the motherhood section judgmental of the internet can be it's like the worst but you're in the same situation as me so why would you not why would you think that's an okay thing to say if it's like about how not like nasty of a mum I am or like how my kids should be doing well, this what, or what, what gets me is that it, it's the, from the mums that the judgment comes from yeah exactly most often if that's my point and I'm like but you but you know so yeah why would you like that's what I couldn't get to grips with and I actually experienced I wouldn't say um well, yeah, uh, when I was like asking for recommendations on bits and bobs and, you know, in this whole new world on Instagram, I quickly realized that, wow, like, oh my gosh, you know, if I had said there's this great pump or there's this thing that people are recommended, you'd have a million messages from mum saying, that's the worst thing ever. You shouldn't get this, blah, blah, blah. You should get this. And then you'd have a million mums saying that's the, that was the best thing ever. We had such great experience with that. And it's like, there is not one mum probably the same like everybody has a different experience with feeding with products with sleeping and I thought you know what there's actually two like I am like I'm a Pisces I'm a complete oversharer like I am 
I would probably share with you how many poos I've had in a day on my Instagram. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But I quickly realized before I even gave birth, there's two things I just weren't willing to talk about on Instagram. And that was feeding uh, routines with story and sleeping routines. Because the judgment that I'd saw on other mums when people were messaging me about certain things, I thought, I'm just not opening myself up to this. I know how sensitive I can be. Yeah. And I'm what I'm not willing, like I'm willing for people to kind of say what they want about me that's going to be myself putting myself on the internet whatever but when it comes to how I am as a mum I'm just not willing to totally agree to judge on that in in those two things feeding and sleeping because people do them so differently and my thing is and I said this maybe six months ago and I really stand by it is that I think every mum knows best for their child but not for every child like you know what your child wants and you're like you cannot judge another mum because they know that yeah but like you don't know the best for every single child I feel like people need to really like reaffirm that yeah oh my sometimes god totally. themselves. again I just I just wish I mean look I, I'm not calling myself like you know this mum with loads of experience under my belt at all I have a nearly two-year-old and a six-week-old I'm hardly like one of these amazing like mums that decorates their front porch for halloween in america like every single year and goes above and beyond for but we do a, we do want to be that mum we do want to be that mum <laughs> with like 25 years experience and like she I feel doesn't like ex- she probably doesn't exist part, part of us all do want to be like 50 years old with this like bunch of mum experience and just be that like amazing mum that knows everything about everything and like they have a chicken pie recipe just under their mind somewhere like <laughs> We all want that, but I wish, I wish the confidence that I have felt since becoming a mum of two and knowing that I know my stuff about my kids and nobody else can tell me anything otherwise, I wish that I could have given that confidence to myself as a first-time mum, to you as a first-time mum, to anybody else as a first-time mum. Like, you know what is best for your children. And I remember it was things like... When Saint, when Saint was born, I was like, I'm literally never going to put a picture. You know what you just said about feeding and sleeping? For some reason, yeah. there was a part of me that was petrified about putting a picture of my baby online in a car seat. I don't know what it was. I just felt like at the time Saint was born. I haven't done that either because so many people. Somebody have told me not to do to that. Say and I was like, <laughs> about car seats and travel. And even though I was doing everything perfectly, like there was not one rule or security guideline that I wasn't following like I was an extremely anxious first-time mum that wanted to do everything right I was really nervous about whether same was overheating or too cold or whatever but I just felt like someone online was going to tell me I was doing it wrong and then therefore I'd feel like rubbish second time around it's like I just know what I'm doing I just I just want to give that confidence to anybody's a first time mum but I just feel like it's something you don't realize until you've had more I just want you to know you are doing so amazingly and you are everything story needs you're her mum Jack's her dad as long as she's got you guys and the love that you guys can offer her don't let someone online tell you that you're doing it wrong yeah I mean when I saw you um and and other mums as well when I see you talking so openly about your breastfeeding exclusively breastfeeding and stuff I'm thinking Wow, I wish I had that confidence to talk about feeding and stuff. But I just, I'm just so scared of the judgment 
yeah. that comes with and I just also just can't be asked. No, you're in it. an extremely like, vulnerable I don't want to have to talk. Yeah, I don't want to have to if it's one way or if it's the other way, I don't want to have to feel like I need to explain myself. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, there's no one who's going to check that their child is fed yeah. more than its own mother. Yeah. So it's, it, you know what? It's, it's comparable to someone on the street just saying like, have you eaten today? What have you eaten? Do you know what I mean? It's the same thing and you would never do it. I don't, I can't understand why some people are so like, and you know, I've even, I've not had it a lot, but I've had a few messages of people saying like, are you breastfeeding? Are you bottle feeding? What are you doing? And I'm just thinking like, some of it comes obviously just from a really great place where they want to have a conversation and I, and I, and I love that. But some people you can just tell with the tonality yeah. and stuff that it comes from a place of like, I want to make a judgment on how you're feeding your child. And I'm thinking, why does it matter? Yeah to you how I'm feeding my child I know do you know what I mean and that it's just one of those things I'm just not prepared to I'm not prepared to I'm, we'll talk about it openly on here but on yeah. Instagram I'm just like no yeah I'm just not here <laughs> and that's that's where the internet can get really tricky sometimes because it's like what boundaries do you yeah. put up yeah I and, and that that's the thing is that I've never had any boundaries and when it comes to me no boundaries I will just yeah when it comes to those things I just think I preempted it because I thought I don't want to be in a situation where I'm really just trying to be a first time mum and figure it all out and really have no idea what I'm going to be doing and then putting myself out there and then receiving what could really knock me off and make me feel really anxious as a mum when I'm supposed to be trying to give my best self to my child and instead I'm an anxious mess because of what Sandra 4147 I'm so sorry if that's actually your username <laughs> and no offense to any Sandras um <laughs> but you know what she said about the way I'm feeding and then I'm going to be thinking about it at night because sometimes you do really it's easy to say like oh I'm I don't take any criticism to heart or whatever but I'm a sensitive person and sometimes totally. those kind of things can really knock me yeah and I just thought I don't want to have I don't want to put myself in a situation where I can be actually open to that energy because it will knock me off and then why am I going to allow that to affect the way that I have the time with my child do you know what yeah. I mean completely like, there's just wasn't something that I was going to be open to doing basically another thing actually on this note is I don't know whether you experience this and obviously you are exclusively breastfeeding, but I found even with having like some amazing midwives and, and different people that I saw, I have noticed through like the health system, but also just with people, there is so much pressure on women to breastfeed. Yes, there is. And there is almost so much, like there is so much shame around not breastfeeding, even to the point of how you will say it to somebody like, Okay, so for example, I'm opening myself up here, but this is a safe space. So my, because of my blood loss, my milk came in late. So I planned on breastfeeding. I didn't know whether I was going to be able to because I've had surgery on my boobs. I've basically had my, I had an uplift. So I had my nipple moved and they do say, I think even when you have implants, they say that there's like a, a chance that you might not be able to breastfeed um you know I was 19 and just said yeah whatever you know put them in <laughs> um but so I didn't know whether I was going to and my boobs didn't grow my whole pregnancy and a lot of women's boobs obviously really fill up so I just thought hmm something's maybe not intact I'm not actually going to get any milk and whatever 
Um, but then because of my blood loss, basically, um, I expressed some colostrum the day that I gave birth. But because of my blood loss, my milk then came in late, which I didn't even know was like a thing. I didn't know that your milk came in on it. It's like day five, I think your milk's supposed to like fully come in and it's colostrum up until then or something. I found myself every time, I know there'll be some mums that can relate. Every time the health visitor would come around or even though they're lovely people and, you know, specific sometimes when I would speak to a specific midwife I'd find myself explaining myself and I'd be like you know my milk came in late so we did that I've just done it now do you know what I mean because yeah. I'm like I have to feel like yeah. for every single person I'll go into the whole story and some of them like I had a lovely health visitor the other day and I was explaining it to her and she was like as long as you it was almost like you didn't need to tell me that yeah. <laughs> like, as long as your baby's being fed that is amazing but there's like this like society like issue when it comes to breastfeeding that there's like so much shame around it and if you're not exclusively breastfeeding that's bad for your child <laughs> totally like I remember like, on top of everything else I was yeah I stopped breastfeeding Saint I think I gave Saint his first bottle of formula when he was maybe about three or four days old and we combination fed until maybe he was about four weeks old and then he was just exclusively on bottles from then on and I was also one of those yeah. pregnant women was saying that was like I don't I don't listen I don't want to get my hopes up I've, I've been like this about my births and about breastfeeding both times I've been like I don't want to get my yep. hopes up because I don't want to have any disappointment when it comes to it not working out but you just see just see what happens yeah I'm just gonna yeah. see what happens like loads all of my nieces and nephews have been bottle fed so it's not like I'd yep. never been around it's not like I was around these like exclusively lovely breastfeeding women that it all just gone really easy for I just didn't set any expectations on myself but the instinct that came through to want to breastfeed when Saint was born and then the heartbreak I felt when he kind of was just very obviously moving more towards being formula fed and that working yeah, best that's where I'm at it was almost like the disappointment I had ah oh, that's another feed of the day that's been formula today so that is another feed that he's not had from the boob so therefore like I it was almost like this I didn't want to see the breastfeeding phasing out and it was killing me it was literally heartbreaking yeah. and then even I'm actually going to go go so far as say until I had Romeo any mum that I saw breastfeeding their baby I was jealous there was a part of me that was like it's I, bizarre it's so <laughs> I know because it's like what and then you're made yeah. to feel like a failure when it doesn't work out for reasons that aren't even your own. Yeah. And yeah, so many external people that you meet along the way, like people, some people in, in hospitals and, you know, some, some midwives and stuff. It's like you feel, I don't know, there's just something in it that's almost like shame. Yeah. And obviously it comes from people as well. You know, I spoke to somebody the other day who said that they're mum constantly shamed them because she had exclusively breastfed her children yeah. and her and then her mum completely shamed her for stopping breastfeeding and for bottle feeding and it's like oh my god your own mum <sighs> it came up on my news feed I don't know who it was or anything but you know someone who'd basically been exclusively breastfeeding for like 18 months and she'd put in the post like never a drop of formula and I was like, I don't know why it really triggered me. And I, and you know, that's amazing for her because that's her her thing that wasn't meant to be triggering. That's not her problem, it's my problem. But I was like reading it almost a bit like, oh, like, oh, do you know what I mean? And like, you shouldn't feel like that. It's like crazy that I you know. feel like that. And like you, I was so open to like, when people used to say to me, what are you, how are you gonna feed? I was like, you know, whatever works. Yeah. Really, 
do I I didn't feel like I would feel like I do I thought yeah. I'd be very blase with it but you do yeah <laughs> and it's and it's horrible being a mum is just constant it's heartbreak. a lot it's a lot it's a lot we it's all need lot. to go on like some mum's retreat do you know what I mean do you know like when we were yeah. all, when we were all young and there'd be things like mum's coffee morning and like stuff like that like I get it now you realize now. why the <laughs> yeah oh yeah. my god totally but going back to something that we were speaking about much much earlier in the conversation you mentioned that yeah. story is a beautiful IVF baby gorgeous little angel yes now yeah I I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And if it wasn't for a reason, or if it's like an extremely heartbreaking situation that is really hard to pick a reason from, I personally always really try to pluck a positive out of the situation. Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine the emotional roller coaster that that would have been for you in terms of where you must have been at the very, very start of your journey, knowing that you wanted a beautiful baby and how are you going to get there? Talk to us a little bit about that hardship ultimately becoming your biggest blessing because obviously now you have Story Girl. Do you feel like there were any lessons that you had to learn about yourself that you feel like only going through that journey taught you? I would say that I always compared with um having becoming pregnant to winning the lottery because it felt that far removed from me after so many years so for me when I when we got that positive pregnancy test even though we did IVF I have a video on my Instagram and you can literally hear in my voice the pain like literally coming out of my body oh it just gave gave me shivers you literally just gave me shivers yeah it was like a it was like a pain release of like of a cry when I saw the the test because it was literally how I imagined someone would feel when they win the lottery because they're in so much shock like when I think it maybe been like seven years of like as wanting a baby and obviously that want only gets it only increases really because it's you know time's going on and all of this kind of thing um so it's a really really long time and a few lessons I learned along the way. One, if you are listening to this and um, you know, you're know you trying for a baby, nothing's happening, I would say something we put off for a long time is like the investigations into why it wasn't happening. And we more just, you know, keep trying, we'll keep trying. But we didn't really have those investigations. And you know what, it'd be something as silly as, and I know there'll be someone who can relate, is that I didn't want to have to get my vagina out to somebody and have all of the investigations and them looking in and doing all of those kind of things because I I'm not approved at all but I don't know when it comes to those kind of things I'm always just a bit like and I think that's why people put off like going for swabs and smears and everything like a lot of women because there's this like fear of doing those kind of things um and I yeah I put it off for a long time Jack also put it off for a long time he didn't want to do those kind of things either like he just didn't didn't want to do that like you know he has to go and do his thing in a cup (laughs) yeah um and he's like oh I don't want to do that you just kind of shy away from those things so one thing I would say is if you are and you want a baby and you know you're in that place right now go and start the investigations because you just will wish you started them earlier um but yeah for me it was like the comparison was like winning the winning the lottery um in terms of the actual IVF process this might 
shock a few people, but I actually found the IVF process very easy. Like for me, there was a massive stigma around IVF and it is so hard and all of this. And it is for a lot of women. You have no idea how your body is going to respond to it. So my experience is not going to be another person's experience necessarily. But for me, the IVF journey in terms of like, you know, I was on medication and all of those kind of things. I didn't find that kind of process hard. Um, But we did IUI, which is basically a more non-invasive version of IVF, um, where basically it's more like, well, with IVF, they obviously get all your bits and bobs and then it's grown in a Petri dish, basically. Whereas with IUI, they just kind of like clean jack sperm if you like put it in almost like a turkey baster kind of thing and they just kind of like shoot it in you and just you know obviously hope that yeah. it kind of sticks I actually found the IUI process more daunting than the IVF I don't know whether that was because I'd almost like prepared myself a little bit with already mm. doing IUI and it failing and then doing IVF that might have had a part to play in it but I'm a very very like um you know, if I'm like ovulating, I mean, God, I've not had a period in a long time, but like I can really feel it in myself. I'm very sensitive to hormones. I thought IVF was going to be seriously hard on my mental health. I really, really did because I know what I can be like when I'm ovulating. What Sometimes when I'm ovulating is harder on me than when I'm on my period. Um, mm. I'm just very sensitive to those kind of things. And so I thought it was going to be really, really hard. And I know a lot of people go into it thinking it's going to be really, really hard. And for me... It, it really wasn't that hard of a process. Um, but things that I've learned from myself, it, I want to say patience, but it's not that you choose to have patience. Do you know what I mean? In that process, I don't know. It's a hard one. Um, but what I what I do say on my Instagram a lot is that don't go into the, into the uh, process of IVF because there is a lot of women going into the process of IVF with preconceptions of it being extremely hard because that's the narrative that they've heard but if you just go into it thinking I don't know what my experience is going to be but I'm not going to go into it thinking it's going to be super hard and straining on my body and all of those kind of things then I think that's a lot of a it's a more positive way to go into it because it's not everybody ex- everybody's experience that it is going to be really grueling on the body yeah and I know that we will have to do it again and again for each child that we have and I will go into that process now with just complete like great like when are we when we're going to get going because that was my experience so I think even if that's just a little bit of hope for somebody that's going to start IVF that my experience was a really positive experience then that's something but I, I think that's also like we can really base our experience or how something's going to be on other people's experiences. And I think we actually have to go into things sometimes with just such a fresh palette, fresh brain and go like, let's just see what this experience is going to be for me rather than going off of someone we know who's had IVF and it's been a really grueling experience um, because it's just a nicer way to go into things and then just letting it be what it is. Yeah, I think that's really lovely because I think anyone listening to this who's kind of, even where you were last year, this time last year, you're just about to start your IVF. Like, it makes me emotional to think about where you are now and you've got gorgeous little story like who was worth every every single part of it and you also just think oh my gosh yes you know like what if I I I even always think this about if we'd have fallen pregnant on a different 
time in life or even if it was just like a different sperm or a different egg cell like the different child we would have and then we wouldn't have the children that we, we do have you do think of these things do you know what i mean you do think of these things and something i actually said to you uh, i think it was jack or my mum this week i said do you know what when you know people say to you and do you know what the hardest thing to hear and i will never ever say it to someone who's trying to have a baby is happen when the time is right mm. because you're like you feel like your time is right and yeah. you're like oh, i want a baby now like telling me that it's gonna happen when the time is right is like it's so hard to hear yeah. it really really is and people would say it to me all the time and i think but my time is now I want I want a child now and it's actually quite heartbreaking for people to keep saying that but they don't then they don't know that's that's hard to hear because they're not maybe going through that themselves and you don't understand that unless you're the recipient of it but um I actually said to Jack the other day I said you know what I can understand and realize now why we were made to wait until now to have the baby because I feel like our time is really now you know, for having having story. And I feel like any other time, even looking back when I think the time is right and I was, you know, crying and going to sleep and thinking, would I ever have a baby? You know, I was almost preparing myself and kind of conditioning myself that I was going to be one of those people that just didn't have children oh, because yeah. it felt so far removed for me to be a mum. I, I do really think that, and it is the hardest thing to hear, but when you're the other side of it and that's the only time you can say this and feel it is that now I'm like I know now why that this is our time and that wasn't our time yeah and it can just be different things you know in your own head that you feel that way yeah but I definitely wouldn't have been I mean it's um, it's hard emotionally for me now but from where I was a couple of years ago it would have been disastrous for, yeah. for me I think to have a child just where I was emotionally um and just yeah other things that you maybe don't think about but yeah I think that's one of the things that I, it, you, when you do have the baby, you go, I understand now why we were waiting. But yeah. at the time it's like, you just want it. You just want it there and then. There was, there's actually this book that I read called, uh, this was during my pregnancy with Romeo, so not very long ago. And I had just finished it, I think, when you were about to give birth to Story. And it's a book called Spirit Babies. And I can't remember who it's by, but there was a chapter in there that I actually sent to you. I don't think you ever saw it because it, I knew you were really, you went quite overdue with story, didn't you? Yeah, 10 days. Yeah. And I remember you just being like, I'm so fed up. Like, yeah. will it be? Like, every morning, every evening, it was like, will it be now? Will it be now? That's how it feels though. When you're overdue, it's literally like, can it be in half an hour? <laughs> That's how it feels. I started to buy myself a gift every day to yeah. get through another day. <laughs> it was the only thing that was getting me through. There'd be like a delivery at the door and I'd be like, right. It was like a pregnancy advent calendar, an overdue advent calendar. There was a chapter in this book. The book is by a guy that is like a psychic that speaks directly to unborn children. And wow. essentially he can like sit in front of a set of parents or an individual and he can see their aura around them. And he can see the spirit baby's aura in their aura regardless of whether they're like due to be born in six months or a year or even in 10 years essentially his gift is that if you are supposed to be having a baby at some point in this lifetime your spirit babies will be in your aura however many you have and if they're boys or girls or whatever and um it's such an interesting book I absolutely loved it and it made me feel really emotional about my kids and my future kids that if we're lucky enough to have any more children like it just 
adds a real sense of of course it was always supposed to be you and you were always supposed to come at your right timing you know destiny yeah Mm. and um there was a chapter in it towards the end that really made me think of you and it was this he had like loads of clients the book is based off of like real case studies of of his clients that he has and there was a girl that went really she went really overdue just like a week overdue with her first baby and she was obviously really impatient getting really annoyed like when's the baby gonna arrive and he had a look into her aura and he spoke to the spirit baby and the spirit baby was like she needs to work through her issue of essentially deep down feeling like she isn't going to be a good mum or something like that it was like an issue that she had within herself the spirit baby knew that in order to be the spirit baby's mum and like for the baby to be born into earth she had to get past that hurdle within herself emotionally she just gave me all chills right I knew that story would be a bit of you because then when I went overdue, I was literally like meditating and thinking to myself, what issue do I need to work through? What issue do I need to work through? <laughs> I was like, come on, I promise I feel ready to be a mum of two. I was like, I've got a list right here yeah. of things that I need to work Insecurity, through. Insecurity, anxiety. What is it that I need yeah. to work through to get you here? But um, it just really made me think of you. And just when you were saying that about saying to someone who is really really wanting a baby and it's not quite coming into fruition for whatever reason yet saying to them they'll come when it's ready blah 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 now you're on the other side of it you you just know in your heart that it was always story that was supposed to come to you and she was always going to come when she felt ready yeah absolutely and what's crazy and people said this to me another thing that I just didn't believe is that people say you will look back on the 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 day like the last days before you had her is like the best time of your life and I was thinking no I will not like (laughs) I'm tired I'm ready for her to come I'm yeah big I'm like I just I just want this baby out I'm just at my breaking point now and the funny thing is is that I literally look back on the videos and the photos all the time of that like last 10 days and I think I might have said this to you but I had a playlist yeah um that I was listening to on iTunes I think it's called like easy easy hits or something and it was all like um you know James Morrison you give me something and just loads of like oldies Lionel Richie and stuff and I listened to that for probably like the last 10 days or even two weeks like just while I was like pottering around the house tinting my eyebrows for like the fifth time that week washing my hair like getting myself (laughs) prepped and ready because I thought you know I was going to be like really gorgeous giving birth (laughs) which was just not which is not the vibe in the end um But, you know, I was really preparing myself and that playlist now, I literally listen to it every day and I'm like, oh my God, that really was, I'm not going to say it's the like best time of my life because obviously the best time I've got a story actually earthside now, but they definitely were some of the best days of my life doing nothing, just pottering around my room, listening to this playlist. And what I would say to anybody who's expecting is get a playlist on for like have a specific playlist that you listen to again and again and again now for those last couple of weeks that you might have because it is like music is the biggest anchor to bring you back to how you were feeling and I listen to that playlist now and I'm like oh my god those days were literally incredible and I miss being pregnant so much and you know you were saying you sometimes will get jealous you you kind of or you did get jealous of people breastfeeding obviously you're breastfeeding now but I when I see people pregnant I can almost get like a little bit of a rage thinking (laughs) I want to be pregnant how dare she be pregnant and I'm not pregnant like 
She only came out nine weeks ago. I literally cannot wait to be pregnant again. I literally loved it. And I had this really empty feeling in the first week when I was sitting in the bath because I was obsessed with baths when I was pregnant. I I mean, I was anyway, but like new heights, maybe two times a day when I was pregnant. Like that first week when I got in the bath, I thought, oh my God, this is the first time in like nine or 10 months that I've sat in the bath and she's not in here with me. Like she's out there in a room, but I actually feel quite lonely in this bath because she's not in here with me. Like she's not in my body when I walk, like she's out. And then you can really appreciate pregnancy when when you're when you are pregnant you're like I just want to get them out because it's going to be so amazing when they're out but then you realize when they're out yeah it's amazing but it's also so amazing when they're in there I know and do you know what makes me emotional the time when you think you know it's probably going to be the last time that you're pregnant does that ever make you emotional to think about yeah. that like I think about obviously I haven't I've got, thought about that yet I've like I've got two now and I'm like we're torn between going for three or four and I always like to think we're going to go for four because I cannot bear. I won four. I yeah. <laughs> I cannot bear the next time I'm pregnant, like knowing those nine months that that's it's it. I, it would make me too much. I, I I can't do it. I, so we're going for four kids, by the way, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. I think as well because you've got um, siblings as well. You want more children like for me because I've grown up with two sisters yeah I like firstly I like to be able to play one off the other like I wouldn't be able to do that with one yeah exactly (laughs) there's like a girl gang of you um yeah and also because I haven't had a brother and I've always wanted a brother I feel like I will just keep going until I have at least a boy and a girl really so if I have it has to be four or five yeah I feel like I and I think this comes from my mum because my mum's like I wish I so wish that we kept going until we had a boy like she's like I really do regret not having a boy and I feel like I don't want to I don't want to have that regret where I'm like I you know when you just think like I mean this is very like superficial but you just think I just want to know what a boy would look like yeah in our family like you've yeah. got two you've got two boys so yeah. now it's like what would a girl look like I know so it's like if you had you just want to know what both of them are going to be like I know I do you have any like spiritual sentences about future kids you're going to have do you know what on this note I used to be obsessed with psychics and I actually it actually became unhealthy because I started to live how they were telling yeah. me what was going to happen yeah and I actually found that really unhealthy when I got to a point with like personal development and self-development and reading and all of these kind of things I was thinking I need to actually live my life through my own yeah path rather than thinking well so and so said that I'm going to do this yeah you know, even like Jack would say something to me and I'd go well so and so said it I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or whatever and um I actually went I think it was just before I was got pregnant or just before I did IVF I had a spiritual reading and she was a special baby pregnancy psychic and she told me that I was going to have a boy and I was adamant that I was going to have a boy anyway. Just gut feeling. Never trust my gut again. <laughs> I was just like adamant that I was going to have a boy. Yeah. And like literally you couldn't have persuaded me otherwise. And everybody in my family thought I was as well. And I'd speak, spoken to two psychics before who said that I was going to have a boy first. And then this psychic had said I was going to have a boy. And I ended up having a girl. So I thought, Do you know what? This just affirms for me that I just shouldn't listen to other people's Yeah how I'm going to live or what I'm going to do so I actually don't have any spiritual conceptions of like what my children are going to be 
or anything. Do you? I didn't. Like, I was exactly the same as you. When Saint, when I was first breaking up with Saint, I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. I really thought I was having a girl. Really, really thought. Like, I'd literally been going around to people saying, I can feel it in my bones. This baby is a girl. And, and so when I found out it was a boy, of course, I was over the moon and so happy. But it was like, that just was not what I was expecting. And then with Romeo, yeah. I feel like my intuition was maybe a little bit more right. I mean, obviously it's 50-50, so you can't, if you get it wrong, you're going to get it <laughs> can't right. Can't go too wrong. You know? <laughs> but I, I really felt like Romeo was going to be a boy. And then I have a, I just have this sense, like Connor makes a joke out of it, but I, I just have a feeling that I'm going to have another boy and then our boys are going to be like the Jonas Brothers vibe. But then I don't know if that's like just a dream. I'm telling myself I'm going to be like the Chris, the UK Chris Jenner of like this boy band in 25 I, I years. I think that's what we, I think that's all secretly what we're hoping because I'm like, yeah, I want a whole clan of them and maybe I'll I'll begin all of the names with S. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. On that note, obviously I know you're really into your horoscopes and star signs and stuff like that. What are your non-negotiables in order to connect with the spiritual side of yourself that really brings out the best in you? Like, what do you do to connect yourself to the best version of who Taylor is? I feel like what connects me, I don't do enough of, to be truthfully honest, and especially being a mum. I went through a really big weight loss journey. Um, This was uh, maybe a year before story. So I'd lost two stone. And when I went through that journey and I was getting out in nature and I was walking and all of those kind of things and I was doing couch to 5k, I've never felt so like spiritually aligned and felt really, really good about myself. And Tony Robbins says this, I don't know whether you've ever heard of, uh, listen to Tony Robbins stuff, but he always says like progression equals happiness. Yeah. So like when you're progressing in something, that's when you, because I think the biggest thing that we all kind of want in life is like achieve, what we all strive for is like achievement, isn't it? recognition achievement it's like just it's just ingrained in us and when we're progressing that's when we feel happy because we feel like we're achieving something and when I was going through that journey and it was very much like weight loss was a side effect but it was actually being done because of my mental health at that time and because I had um well I still have life coaching and that was one of the things that came up like I, I knew what I needed to do um I needed to get out more I needed to progress I needed to do something I was like a real hermit at this time it was basically it came after the the lockdown and um I obviously had spent like a long time cooped up in an apartment and I wasn't much of a like really sociable person anyway but basically my mind was just doing the same thing every single day it wasn't like exercising and your brain needs to be learning new things and doing new things for it to work properly like that's like brain health and because I wasn't doing anything that was making me progress I realized this now I needed to basically go and do something and and progress and so I started like a, a you know working out which I wasn't doing at all at the time um and yeah that's for me I've gone off path here but that was when I felt most spiritually aligned like when I was getting out when I was doing something that felt like it was really hard but it was like progressing me and I feel like I'm at a point where I'm not really doing many of those things but when I do go and do something small like going out for a a GG walk um which is like something we're doing within my community on Instagram we're going out and we're committed to 30 minutes of walking a day when I go out I feel like this sense of like calm and clarity 
that I don't feel when I don't go for a walk and that makes me feel really like I don't know just like new thoughts new ideas like just such a better vibration than when I don't go and do it but then still sometimes I've just not disciplined enough to go and do that even though when I know when I do do that I feel really good also when I'm in water I feel very like I guess some of my best ideas and feel really good I don't know whether that's because I'm a Pisces and I'm a water sign but when I'm in water like when I'm in a pool or when I'm by the sea or something like I feel or even in your baths like you said like you love your baths literally that's when I feel really calm and like really at peace but yeah I I need to do more things um that make me feel more like spiritually connected but something that I've realized about my like human design is that I'm not one of those people that's going to get up at 5am and have a structure and you know you listen to it with like Oprah Winfrey she has this you know morning routine and it makes her really successful and these people do that have this like what's it this is book isn't there called is it something to do with 5am I can't think what the name is but it's basically just kind of really like you should get up at 5am and you should meditate and you should do this and have a real structure but my human design is way too scatty for that yeah I was, like, I was just gonna I say to, to you I was just gonna say to you have you, have you got your your human design app no Taylor I've never actually looked into my human design, but I know that my human design is not somebody who is like about structure, who's about organization. Because I've tried to be that person so many times and all I end up doing is disappointing myself because I fail in it. And I just realized that I need to find discipline in little um, segments of time where I go, right, gotta go out and do my 30 minutes walk because I know that makes me feel good or I'm gonna go and read a book or I'm gonna go and do this or something rather than going every morning, 5 a.m., you've gotta do this. Yeah. And I feel like, again, it's one of those things that society tells you you've gotta do in order to be successful yeah. and you don't. You've gotta be yourself, you gotta be in true alignment and doing those things makes me out of alignment. Yes. <laughs> I've just gotta do. I've just gotta do more things that make me feel aligned when it's my time to do them and be disciplined enough to actually do them then. Completely, everybody's way of ways and means of feeling and being aligned is so different that's what makes us all human and it's what makes us all so different which is so beautiful one thing I am going to do though is I am definitely going to send you the link to the my human design app because I can't believe you're you're not on that Taylor to be completely honest you're for your world to be rocked babe you're literally going to be like what I've done like my personality type oh yeah yeah um, have you done stories I've done like my whole my birth chart and all of those kind of things I was looking at stories birth chart the other day she's an Aries and she is um I can't remember which one's which but she's basically Aries Capricorn and Taurus so she's like strong as strong-willed as they come literally like the complete opposite to mine I what am I I'm um I'm Gemini Leo and Pisces so Leo is what people perceive me to be yeah. which I can see why people would perceive me to be I like, would confident so, yeah um, I would so perceive you as a Leo totally yeah Gemini is who I am when I'm by myself which is so true because I can be so like up and down in how I'm feeling and you know one minute I can be great and then I mean I'm doubting myself and like I can so see that about myself and then obviously Pisces is my my star sign and I would say I'm your most typical Pisces yeah, ever. Yeah. Like 
I am so Pisces wise. I don't know whether you know many Pisces, but I can literally spy a Pisces a mile off. One one of my closest friends, my maid of honor, is actually a Pisces. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. She's like, what my are best some friend. of the what are, is there any traits that you see in her that you see in me? <sighs> full of life, full of um, just bubbly, drawn to the one in the room that has the light around her and you're just drawn to yeah yeah that's so funny because Pisces also can be very introverted I'm an introverted extrovert yes so like when I don't know people I'm really shy and um not so much now but when I was younger I think people could have perceived me as rude because I would be too in myself to speak but when I know people I will be the loudest person in the room. So like when I'm very comfortable, not when I know people, if I'm like comfortable and I'm like in my safe space, I will be the joker. Yeah. You know what I mean? I will be that person, but only when I'm comfortable. So, but then on the internet where I feel very comfortable, I'm very extroverted. Yeah. And then, you know, there's, there's people that I know that in real life are way more extroverted and confident than me, but then they wouldn't dare post on the internet how I do and talk about the things that I do. And I'm like, where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because I've been doing it for such a long time and. Yeah. Oh my God. I just could sit and talk to you all day. Like I literally want to go on about Same. I knew that this would happen. I literally knew like this would be longer than I like anticipated it to be because I knew we'd just chat for ages. Yeah. And I could I could literally go on and on and on. Me too. I feel like we need a whole day session. Like you totally need to come down to Bath for the day. I just feel like we could literally just talk yeah. and talk. I could literally sit and speak about horoscopes all day. Me too. I just I I'd like to say I'm not a, a very judgmental person. I mean, we are or just naturally, we do naturally judge. That's just like in us. Yeah. But I do, one thing I will admit to is I do judge people off that, that star sign. So I'm like, <laughs> what's that side of you? <laughs> like straight away, it's the first thing I say to people. I'm like, what's that side of you? And then in my head, I'm like, mm, so they must be like this or they're like this or. I'm a Sagittarius. Would you have put me as a Sagittarius? Um, I would have said that you were a Libra really i would yeah i know i've got so many libras in my life they're like quite well balanced um sociable i'd say they're quite confident very like easy flowing talkative i would definitely have you down for that sagittarius to me is more of like maybe this is just my perception of the sagittarius that i know a little bit more of a rebel a little Mm. bit more of like they'll lead the pack astray yeah maybe you pre-motherhood um like back in my heyday they want want to trap yeah (laughs) they want to like travel and very free-spirited very free-willed don't like being told what to do I literally know all of the star signs I love 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 star signs but also you can't really ever fully judge somebody off just their star sign because there is so much more that makes up makes up their star sign because like me and jack are both pisces but we're totally different like we're very the same in some ways but then so different in other ways and it's because we have totally different things in our chart and also feb pisces and march pisces are totally different and you'll probably see that with like your star sign as well that's beyond true like both connor and my dad are gemini's but they are opposite gemini's like my dad is extremely confident like always the loudest person in the room will talk to anybody like loves public speaking that kind of thing connor is the complete opposite connor's really shy really introvert he's 
just but they're both Gemini but I can both I would not see. see Connor as an introvert oh no he really is he really is oh I've loved this this has been like a therapy session it's been wonderful hasn't it thank you so much for being yeah. my first guest it's no, you've made it such a wonderful you. experience oh no thank you so much and hopefully we'll uh be more technical next time hope so. on our podcast oh stop i'd literally fangirl so much it'd be so funny but you know what would be so good get you and con on with me and jack <gasps> yeah and really have the male perspective that yeah. would be so funny yeah but thank you so, so so much honestly of course this has well, been so nice i would love to finish off today's episode by yes. hearing your highlight reel if you have one for us so this can be like any of my favourite things. Anything, anything whatsoever. First thing would be crumpets with scrambled egg and oh. Worcestershire sauce. It's oh, a new, wow. you know when you get one of those combos and yeah. then you can't stop eating it? Yeah, yeah. I literally, it was one of them like really strange made up ones, but like a really well done crumpet, loads of butter, scrambled egg, Worcestershire sauce. I'm not kidding you. It's incredible. Sounds good. Second thing would be, I've had to actually stop buying them because it was really becoming... <laughs> Not good. Um, Fox's milk chocolate dipped biscuits. There's I've like been seeing seven you in talk a pack. about these. Yeah, I need to try and I them. kid you not, it is the. It, I feel like you're a massive team biscuit girl. So yeah. Just like, Hello. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. digestive system they is made are, up of digestive. Like I will literally dare you to like literally not to be able to leave one. Like oh, you won't God. be able to do it. They're okay. that good. You can even drink them with black tea because we had no milk at one point and they are incredible. <laughs> literally, like honestly insane i think that would be my two main things it's it's always food and also having one of these like yeah oh yeah this is a stanley cup but you can you've got the dupe yeah i've got got mine off of etsy i think i've got i've got one off of etsy and then one off of a different uh, like a small business called the gifted sisters i think but they're brilliant yeah you literally just can't beat this especially in the heat like have it ready ice gotta keep hydrated now the last thing i'd love to leave our listeners on would be your growing moment of the week and your glowing moment of the week so if you don't know the difference between the two the growing Mm -hmm. moment is something you learned something you are happy to have been through because you can see a lesson on the other side of it sometimes it's maybe Mm -hmm. pushing yourself out of the comfort zone and then your glowing moment is something you're really proud of yourself for doing my um learned moment would be that I am much better in my head when I'm going out and doing a walk and those kind of things because you can forget how powerful that can be for yourself just literally like not saying you're going to go and run a marathon or you're going to start couch to 5k but literally just going out and, and having a walk with yourself or with a pram or with your dog or you know with somebody that you love literally just going and having that time for myself I've learned that that's actually very very key to me and I need to do more of that um and then I would say my glowing moment is just having another week with story um figuring it out she's having a little bit of a longer stretch of sleep now which is really really nice um that could all probably change very quickly but yeah I just say having another week with story and just learning more on how to be the best mum to her I'd say oh i absolutely love that what brilliant answers thank you so much for coming on taylor oh thank you so much for having me and thanks for having me for your first guest that's a big deal oh and no you. don't be silly but no it was so nice <laughs> to speak to you and i will see you over and on you. the gg club on taylor blue's instagram everybody if you don't follow her already then make sure you go and head over there oh thank you so much bye
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.